You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel on 3CR, your community radio station. And, of course, we focus on the Australian film and moving image industry. And uh, before we get on to the main guts of the program today, I just want to uh, give you the heads up that the Augie Award entries for uh, are coming up. And, in fact, you need to get your entries in by the 19th of September. Uh, the Australian Writers Guild is calling for entries for the 56th Annual Augie Awards, celebrating the very best in Australian stage and screen writing. The Augie Awards recognise and reward the outstanding achievements of Australian storytellers and their contribution to the Australian cultural landscape. Uh, there's a whole lot of different uh, d- uh, categories, animation, audio fiction, audio non-fiction, television, children's television, uh, situation or narrative comedy, uh, documentary, community educational training, documentary, public broadcasting, feature films, interactive media and gaming, short film, it goes on and on and on and then it moves into theatre as well. So go onto their website and have a look at the uh, information about the Augie Awards, or awg.com.au. You can have a go to their website and you'll find out more about this important upcoming event and uh, industry uh, guild uh, award ceremony. But before As I said, the actual guts of the program today is focusing on a film called Climate Changes and we've got the director online who's here to have a chat with us. It's Johan Gilbertson. Ah, Here we go. G'day, Johan. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm Gabrielson. It's a Swedish surname. It's not very easy to pronounce. Gabrielson. 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 I got it right. I got it right. Yeah, and that is actually a good way to introduce yourself because uh, you are Swedish and uh, you studied political science and law. And how did you get yourself into this uh, rap scallion position of being a filmmaker? Well, it's a long story, but it starts in Sweden where we have, it's the kind of equivalent of F-Tart. I got into this um, amazing school that they take four or five people every year and they teach them the ropes really about producing directing and um it, it's all started there 
Yeah. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, uh, obviously, uh, the this particular film, uh, uh, climate changes is yeah. part of uh, there's a lot to this it's not just the film itself but we'll talk about the impact and uh, its distribution a little bit later on but uh, how did you get Tim Flannery who is well known to probably my listeners uh, as a, uh, a loud voice for climate uh, action yeah. uh, but he's also a relatively private person how did you get him to be part of a film that does not only uh, proselytise towards uh, change in climate policy, but focuses on him as a person? Well, it's... So I live in Bronte in Sydney, and 100 metres from me lives the producer of the film, Mark Forsman. And during COVID, we started to talk about we wanted to do a climate film and then we, and we're still fighting about who came up with that idea about contacting Tim Flannery. But we both had read his books and we both have seen him on TV. So we called him up, basically, and said we want to do this film about um, climate. And uh, uh, he said, well, you caught me at a good time. It's COVID. I have <laughs> nothing on right now. So why don't we do it together? And that's how the ball start rolling. And then... He just had written a book called The Climate Cure, and it was how Australia was responding to COVID. And um, that gave us the idea that, because that was about leadership during COVID, even though it was slightly different in different parts of Australia, but it was kind of a hands-on government approach to it. And then the book is really about why don't we do the same thing about climate change? And that got us thinking about that is absolutely true. Like, we need good leadership about solving the climate crisis, and that was the premise. Became the premise of the film. In the film, we go out looking for examples of really good climate leadership, and um, we went. And, and also during COVID, at the tail end of COVID, I was lucky to go with him to the COP, which is that big climate meeting in Glasgow. Yeah, yep, yep. and we went looking there for climate leadership, inspiration, and so forth. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I must say that I I followed the COP twenty six pretty uh, 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 rather than the um, inside, but uh, more the action that was going on outside because there was a lot of very good alternative media going on at the same time, and I'd have to say that COP twenty six is probably the la- landmark event in the COP series because the next one is being hosted by a fossil fuel mega giant. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. obviously I mean, the, it's taken a wrong turn of significant proportions. Uh, yeah. mm. But it was very interesting uh, the way you covered it, I'll have to say. And also the um, uh, this how you seek leaders is very interesting because, you know, I, I personally I have a, um, a little bit of... Uh, are, uh, a set against the great man theory, you know, <laughs> you know the yeah. idea that you know you've got the motoring cap on, you must know what you're doing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you do a much more interesting uh, investigation, and Tim Flannery turns out to be a much more interesting person because he has very interesting broad range of friends, doesn't he? Yeah, he has a great address book 
And I must say, we did piggyback on his address book quite a lot in the film. I mean, we got access to people that would be very hard for us to get access to, to Al Gore or even Malcolm Turnbull. I mean, it would be difficult to do that. But because he's such a lovely guy, I think, and because he has a lovely relationship with people from all over the spectrum of politics and organizations, people are, are, are were quite uh, very happily to be part of the film because he was kind of the, the protagonist, you know. He was looking for something about leadership. And when you explain that to people, you know, almost everyone said, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I want to do it. So, so um, it was good. But, but when we were in COP, there were also some that we were also lucky to get. Like I remember I went to a press conference with Bush survivor um, Joe Dodd. She had started an organization for Bush survivors, and she was making a speech, and I just thought, my God, she speaks amazingly. She's so charismatic and clever. I would love to see if she would be part of the film. And, and she agreed, and I think she's amazing in the film. She says really good stuff. And the same with the chief from Tonga. It was also we were walking in the corridors of Glasgow COP meeting, and there is this Tongan guy in full chief outfit talking. And, and he was talking to a journalist, and I eavesdropped a little bit, and he also was, so amazing and charismatic and then you know i asked him do you want to can we interview and and he said please i'd love to talk about tonga and what's happening to tonga and a lot of people get i mean say it's one of the most emotional oh yeah it brings you t- yeah. tears almost tears to your eyes um and, yeah. and it also the business about um uh his uh, uh Tim Flannery's conversations with, um, I loved it, the uh, tribal chief of East Kauai in the Solomon Islands, uh, as well as Chief Esau Kiku Bata and the West Papuan activist and human rights lawyer Frederica Corain. Amazing, absolutely amazing to hear their voices. It was it it was actually quite a, I think it was um, very surprising in a way after we met these really powerful politicians and everything and then we were talking one day and he said you know the most most impressive leader I have ever met he lives in a little village in the Solomon Islands and I wish you know the politicians that we talk to and the politicians that are representing us could actually be inspired by this man and then. And we got him, and um, uh, and that's a Zoom interview, and suddenly he stands there, you know, in his traditional uh, uh, costume or traditional dress, and he's an extraordinary man. I, I can see why Tim got so influenced by him. And it's, it, is, it is quite, it's a simplicity, but it's an enormous power in that simplicity, I think, he conveys. I, how did you get them to be doing Zoom? Because that's what you've done. Uh, you did a Zoom there. How did that, uh, as a filmmaker, how did you orchestrate that? Oh, it was just nerve-wracking because the coverage <laughs> in, in, is not great. And, and we got them to go to another village that we knew had better connection that they had previously had done Zoom. So, so it was basically us trying to... But we did try, and it was hard, and it broke off... And, number of times but in the end we got a clean kind of take that kind of works that's that's in the film yeah well but, that was great know, yeah 
Yeah, no, it really, really was. It really made the film for me. I really, and I'll tell you why. One of the things that was most impressive about the film uh, and makes it makes it a standout, actually, for me, is uh, the sequences that you have with uh, Tim Flannery when he was a young man in a West Papua. Because the way it's shot and the interview that you have with the uh, uh, chief, they are um, head at the same level and they're communicating as respected individuals and yeah. in a friendly and uh, personable way. Uh, this is very unusual for uh, Western documentaries. But, you know, that's... I don't know if it's a Swedish tradition, you know, but in Australian documentaries, the, the ones I see... I mean, it's not a critique, but it is that people play roles, you know. If you're a politician or if you represent that... You're playing a role in a way sometimes that you are that person, but you, you sometimes it's hard to see the human behind this role. And I think, uh, and I've seen Tim, and he has also, of course, been representing, but I was very curious to know who is Tim behind this person, you know, if we can get a more vulnerable personal side to him. So uh, that was my ambition, because I think when people are talking like human beings, it's usually always better and it's stronger, and you start to identify with people and what you go through, and uh, but it's less, you, you have less that identification if they become a spokesperson for something. So when he is attacked, because, you know, he, Tim has been viciously attacked for years about his climate change engagement. But when you actually see how that affects the human being, then it's stronger. You know what I mean? It's like Oh, uh, yeah, I do. I mean, uh, it, yeah. I used to practice when I began doing uh, community radio and uh, talk, doing lots of interviews with people because it just fascinates me the way people talk. Occasionally I would deliberately not tell them that I was recording. I'd never used the recordings. I just wanted to hear how they responded to me without knowing they were being recorded. Yeah. It's so different. Stronger. Yeah, and it's, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's really quite exciting. I mean, maybe mm. not to other people, but to people like me and you it is. Um, the uh, other thing that was uh, fascinating, uh, that you have a very light touch uh, in terms of following certain strings that you pull, like uh, various pieces of wool that you pull in the garment. And one of them is the fascinating story of the uh, uh, CEO of BP, who was basically yeah. hounded out of his uh, position when he took a proactive business approach to sustainable yeah. energy production. It's extraordinary that BP was basically producing solar panels, you know, this fossil fuel company that you symbolize with all evil about oil and gas. But they were, had a really strong plan about renewable energy. And um, and he was, as right as you say, he was kind of haunted out uh, because people thought that's not what a fossil fuel company should do. But he had vision, you know. And I think that is the, the one of the strong tenets of the film is that looking for people with visions and we lack people with visions and I don't really see in our political parliament that there is that strong vision that we all feel that we are moving towards something that we all think yes I want to live in a great society that really emphasizes the need to have a solution to the climate crisis I don't think 
we have that. I don't feel that, but we need that. And I think that what the film is, is trying to emphasize is that please, you know, can can come one come forward with a vision or can you can the film inspire people to have visions in the community, in the in, you know, in the family, whatever. But as long as we feel that we're part of something and you know, and I see it with the guest world, you know, with the parliament, we're just shooting each other down all the time and it's 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 a bit Heartbreaking. Yeah, but uh, you do intimate in the film that there's a shadow, almost evil empire element to the opposition to forward progress because Tim Flannery actually does uh, document how uh, he, you know, there's an ebb and a flow for this, you know, one step forward, two steps back because each time there's uh, a powerful uh, positive uh, approach. Uh, and the thing with the BP fellow, because I followed, uh, I, I was really interested. I did know the story in the back of my mind, but then I started yeah. to uh, look into it more carefully after watching your film. Um, he had uh, personal, horrible personal attacks being, um, uh, attacks were made on him. And uh, earlier in the 1920, oh, well, much earlier um, cops when they thought they were going to have some success. Uh, it was undermined by a promotional activity that uh, gave it a sense that it was uh, corrupt. Uh, and, and and what that, that there's this sense that there's this parallel universe of power brokers who are massaging the message to ensure that it doesn't take uh, the commu- uh, doesn't deal with climate change. Yeah. It's it's, it's yeah. somebody's interest not to actually do this positive change. Yeah, I, but but in politics, it's blatantly obvious that there is that kind of powerful uh, group of people that doesn't want really progress or questions everything and they can't be right. But also, it's the media. I mean, I mean, like the media has been haunted team, and I I did want to show that you know that he he's it's, it have a cost. You know, on his kids and his family. Yeah, yeah. His attacks, well, his partner you know? says it beautifully, doesn't she? I mean, he, uh, yeah. if you got rid of Tim Flannery, climate change isn't going to stop. No. <laughs> she was a great defender. Yeah, but, but you see, I also think that the film was benefiting from Tim's um, personality and nature in a way that it somehow reflects the way Tim is, you know, the pacing of the film, because it is curiosity. It's about finding solutions, but it's never, you know, what you say, like yeah, beating your own chest or being aggressive and, you know, the kind of cowboy mentality. That is just not Tim Flannery. And, but, but still he gets the message across, and he's so respected, you know. So he's like this gentle man without all this knowledge, and he's so respectful. And I, I wanted to contrast that a little bit with the the kind of uh, attacks that he gets, you know, the kind of, uh, uh, it's almost like bullying sometimes. Well, it's know, bullying. It is bullying. It is bullying. Yeah. It, it's mm. pathetic. It's it's horrifying. It's and so it's bullying. pathetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you say, people playing a role. It's because people know uh, right in their uh, guts in Australia that if you put your head up too high, uh, you're going to be attacked and ground into the dirt. Not because... 
the messages and uh, it's shooting the messenger. But this is the bravery of Tim Flannery. That shot, uh, like you said, the shot of his young son putting his hands on his shot on his back is so delightful. Yeah. <laughs> Such a delightful yeah. interaction. Well, it just reminds us that we are human beings. You know, we are, we have families, we have kids, we want them to have a great future, you know. It's like, uh, I don't, this ulterior motive sometimes that that is spread around, uh, yeah, it's, it's, as I said before, it kind of breaks your heart when actually people just want to fix things and make people aware of things, you know. It's, mm. it's like... Yeah. It's like the woman okay. said, the woman who's a survivor of uh, the bushfires, you know, she said, uh, I don't know if I'm a good leader, but I just realised that something must, I, I had to do something. It's my job as a person, as a, as a human being, yeah. to do something yeah. and stand up. And that's what this message is about, this film's about, really, ultimately, I'd have to say. It's only about an hour long. Um, yeah. which is interesting, and it's going to be shown uh, quite right across um, the country. And in Victoria, it's going to be at the Lido Cinema and Classic, and it's opening on the 17th of September, but it's in other places too, like the Cameo Village Cinema Jam Factory. Uh, but it's going to Geelong and Bendigo and, um, oh, the, you know, it's a whole lot of places. And in fact, if you go, you can find screening locations by going online. Um, uh, to uh, the site, which is um, uh, climate changes. Uh, but what I noticed was that you can actually book your own um, screening. You want yeah. community groups to uh, all across the country to book this film, right? Yes, and, and the website is climatechangesmovie.com. Ah, cool. So they can go there. But uh, can I also plug something for this? No, you can't. Of course you can't. (laughs) (laughs) And the shamelessly plug is that after the film is shown, there's a live Q&A that's being beamed into 25 cinemas all over Australia with Tim Flannery, uh, with Saul Griffith, and with the human rights law called Kavita Naidu. And it's moderated by the actress, and um, climate activist Gerald Stone. So it's a Q&A. So wherever you are in Australia, wherever you are in Victoria, if you go to these movies, you can you can text in questions to Tim after the movie, and um, he will uh, answer them as good as as he can. So so it's uh, so it 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 doesn't stop after a documentary stop. It it still is that Q&A, and we had amazing Q&As in. Uh, because it premiered at the Sydney Film Festival, and after those two screenings, we had Q and A with him. And uh, I mean, people, I, I I think that we have tapped into. I would love to believe we have tapped into a site, guys. That people think we have the technology, we have the means, but we need the leadership. And and people are asking also our Labour government now, maybe that where is that leadership? I don't see a very clear way forward. So it's an opportunity to ask Tim about these questions, about leadership, what you can do. And so Griffith is like this amazing, intelligent person who basically, I mean, his Kennedy's that you saw in the film is that actually we can reach, for instance, these targets if we take individual responsibility for our electricity in our house with our panels, with electric cars. And if we change the next appliances we have, 
do a change it for an electrical one, we might reach this target. So we can also take individual responsibility. So, so that's the message. And I hope people come and be active with the Q&A and ask really tricky, hopefully, questions to, to Tim because I know he would answer them and it would be so great. So, so 5.30 on Sunday, September the 17th, and if yeah. you're in Victoria, it will be at, say, the Lido Cinema and the classics in Elstonwick. I mean, people can go to these cinemas and that's what will happen. Yeah. Yeah, cool. That will happen after the screening, yeah. Yeah, cool. And hopefully, and, and I also would say to people about my film that they may not agree with the whole film, but hopefully, hopefully there's something in the film that inspires them and they think, yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. We can still do something. And, yeah, that's really my message for the film, really, that offer a positive message as well, that it's still time. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's hope there's time. Thank you very much yeah. for talking to me today, Johan. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's been Thank fun. Thank you for your time. Thank you. And that was uh, Johan, let me say it correctly, G- Gabrielson. He's the filmmaker, uh, director, uh, the, part of the team that was responsible for the Tim Flannery Searches for Climate Leadership in the new documentary, Climate Changes. And it's a big event that's on on San- Sunday, 5.30. Uh, go to uh, Climate Changes movie and you can get the, all the locations. Um, I've got a whole lot of them here. It's all over the country, but Lido, Classic, Cameo, Village Jam Factory, uh, Village Cinemas, Geelong, Village Cinema, Bendigo, Village Cinema, uh, Crown Casino, Village Cinema, Morwell, uh, Village Cinema, Warrnambool, Village Cinema, Werribee, Theatre Royale, uh, uh, Castlemaine, and in other other states as well. And that's at 5.30 and you can see the film runs for about t- uh, an hour and uh, then you've got a Q&A. Uh, sounds like uh, just the right sort of thing you would, would want to do on a Sunday. Uh, we'll go out with uh, Down By the River, uh, Frank Yammer. people 
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.